Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. It is your girl, Jessie Mae, and it's Valentine's Day week. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you think it's a waste of time and money? Well, you know, you might not be alone. I'm going to talk a little bit about what I'm taping. I'm on a new show, and I'm going to talk about some other random stuff that comes to my dome. That's what this podcast is all about. On the fly, with your girl, Jessie Mae. <laughs> Jessie May, I I was actually just listening. Oh, listen to this here. Nice way to start the podcast. <laughs> These are actually an old wind chime from my grandma Betty Boop that she had in her house, and uh, there's a hummingbird on it because she was obsessed with hum- hummingbirds. Shout out to Betty Boop. She's dead, y'all, but she's alive in my heart and soul. <laughs> I. <clears throat> was listening to one of my older podcasts where I was sick and I felt so good that I wasn't sick anymore. I was just listening like, oh, this is what it feels and sounds like to be healthy because there was a bird flu just, you know, barreling through LA and the rest of the country, but I'm almost on the mend. I'm almost 100%. I still got a little disease in the back of my neck. (coughs) There she goes, all over the microphone. Anybody want to be a guest on the podcast? It's a great day, guys. It's February 13th, which you guys know, the day before Valentine's Day. Oh, boy. I feel so bad for the guys out there who girls are so obsessed with it. I'm not particularly obsessed with Valentine's Day. I've never been like, you better get me a box of chocolates and organic orchids. The chocolates and orchids better be organic. <laughs> no, I'm not that girl. I, I'd much rather have spontaneous romance than some Hallmark bullshit thing in my life. That's just where I'm at. And now that I've got a farmer boyfriend, you know, he's probably happy that I'm like, uh, what? I don't, I don't know what, what to do on Valentine's Day. He literally was like, well, what should we do on Valentine's Day? And I was like... I don't know, get pizza or just like nothing. (laughs) Just stare into each other on FaceTime. Just have a moment of silence. (laughs) That's what we should all do on Valentine's Day. Just have a moment of silence for all those couples who think that one day is going to fix their broken, tumultuous, tumultuous relationship. Am I saying that right? I always try and say big words on this podcast. And I feel like nine times out of 10, I just butcher them alive. So it is going to be Valentine's Day tomorrow. <clears throat> I am currently in the middle of filming a show for MTV, which is so fun. It's Safe Word. It's the second season of Safe Word. And it's so fun because I'm reunited with my girl Carly Aquilino from Girl Code. Her and I did Girl Code together a couple years ago. And I am it just, it's been a lot of fun. Leonard Oots was on the show, Jason Derulo. We've got um, Damian Dante Wayans Jr. Hey, shout out. We've got um, Taronda Jones was up in there. Jamie Foxx, Queen Latifah are going to be on. DJ Khaled, Diddy. It's just a whole bunch of fun people and me. And the days have been pretty long (laughs) to start. I mean, the thing about taping is there's so much downtime, but you're also kind of 
tossed around like a rag doll because you know you got to go to hair and makeup all right then you got to go get fitted and you got to go back to hair and makeup because you probably fucked up your hair and makeup by putting the shirt on and then you got to go back and change the shirt because the color blocking doesn't work for the set and then you go out and you do the the rehearsal and then they're like oh we got to take this change this flip this add this put this towards the end put this in the beginning and then you go back and then they put more lipstick on you and you're just basically just in this like a spin cycle of chaos and then they're like okay be funny <laughs> so it's it's an interesting job to say the least and uh speaking of jobs before I get too deep into talking about taping and all that I'm gonna be working in Vancouver British Columbia which is such a beautiful city if you live nearby and you can make the trip I highly recommend it I'm gonna be at the comedy mix this Thursday the 15th 16th and 17th so basically, it's like for all those non-Valentine's Day celebrators. You know, if you guys are like um, anti-establishment, anti-corporate, anti-big business, not going to be succumbed to having a holiday just because Hallmark created it on the 14th, uh, I'm going to do it on my own. So maybe if you guys want to do that, come celebrate with me at the Comedy Mix in British Columbia, Vancouver, 15th, 16th, and 17th. I'm also going to be in Rochester, New York, March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, at a place called Comedy on the Carlson. I don't know why it just sounded like that. (laughs) (laughs) Comedy on the Carlson, March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. I'm also going to be in the Mall of America at Rick Bronson's Comedy, House of Comedy, in Bloomington, Minnesota, don't you know? Oh, yeah, Minnesota. You're going to come down here and go shopping in the Mall of America, are you? Bloomington, Minnesota, Mall of America, March 15th, 16th, and 17th, and 18th, four nights, wowzers. And then, unfortunately, my Paris trip is being postponed, so I'm not doing the Paris Comedy Festival until they can figure their shit out. And I'm going to be in the Moon Tower Comedy Festival the 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st of April. I also have a couple more dates that haven't been put on my calendar yet, but jessiemay.com for tickets. If you want a chance to win some motherfucking tickets... Email me at jessiemaypalusocomedy at gmail.com and your girl will possibly choose you to win some tickets. My mother is so cute. <clears throat> she sends me cards. She's always sending me care packages. The bitch hasn't sent me a care package in a long time. She really needs to up her game. I mean, you'd think that she's got two new grandchildren and an ex-husband with Alzheimer's the way she's so busy. <laughs> but... She, sent, she sends me cards for every holiday, and I keep them. I almost have every single card my mother has ever sent me in this box because I, uh, contrary to popular belief, have feelings. <laughs> I shut my feelings factory down. Um, I don't know if you guys know that you can do that, so you're in control of your feelings. And if you want to like just shut them down, you can go ahead and do that. You can shut the factory down. You can go on strike. Sometimes the workers don't show up. So if they don't show up, shut the factory down and uh, re-strategize. So she sent me this really cute card. I'm going to read it to you guys. For my daughter, with love, always. That sounds a little (laughs) passive-aggressive. I don't even think my mom has figured out how to listen to my podcast yet. This is like my 113th episode. I can't promise you that everything in your life will be easy or go just the way you planned. No shit. Huh? I mean, wasn't planning on having dad be such a slob. 
nice. You can't call your father with Alzheimer's a slob, even though I know it would make him laugh so hard. But I can promise you, what did you just say, Jesse May? I can promise you. I can promise you that no matter what, I'll be there for you because I love you and I always will. I still sense a little passive aggression and um, like a little bit of just in just disin- disingenuous tone here. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Love mommy. Oh my God. I am eight years old and she spells my name. She spells my name the only way, like nobody else spells my name the way she does. And I'm not going to tell you guys how she spells it because it's just special between her and I. She said, I'm so glad you were home for a few days. I miss you so much. To the moon and back. That's so sweet. That's our thing. Oh, I just saw something on the back that I didn't see that she wrote. Snug fit. I think I grabbed the wrong envelope. Yeah, the card barely fit inside the envelope. It's like, Jesus, Nancy, get a little spatial awareness, will you? When you write me these passive-aggressive Valentine's Day cards. But it's so funny because... I also picked her up a card, and it says, love you to the moon and back. That's kind of our thing. I don't know if you girls out there say that with your mom. I don't know if some of you probably are like, I, I hate you to the sun and to the earth and to the moon and back around four times. I mean, maybe you don't have as much love as my mother and I have for each other. <laughs> don't be jealous, okay? Her and I have red wine, and we go to Marshall's on the regular, bitch. I, um, I told you where I'm going to be, right? Okay, so I'm filming the show, uh, and... I walk into the comedy lounge, which is where all the comedians hang out. And it's like just all just random people and people bring their friends there. Like, you know, sometimes if you're lucky, you can just have like friends stop by while you're taping. And sometimes agents and managers will stop by in their suits and just stand around and look awkward on their cell phones, making deals, making deals. Everyone in Hollywood is making deals. (laughs) But it was so funny because I walked into the green room and it smelled like Snoop Dogg's Man Cave. (laughs) And it was like 10 a.m. I walked in and I was like, um, y'all, 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 y'all blazing in here or nah? Like what, uh, what, what's going down? Uh, did you forget that I celebrate and enjoy a little bit of the marijuana? Apparently they're like, do you want some? And I thought, you know, this is one of those moments in life where when you look at a, a certain group of people who are smoking weed and you have to ask yourself, what's their weed like? You know, because if you smoke it, it could go one way or the other. So I knew that I wanted to do well on the show. I didn't want to go on t- on some marijuana tangent on, on a, you know, live TV per se. So I did the adult thing and I was like, I'll smoke after the show. Thank you very much. I turned it down, and as I walked out of the room, it took every ounce of strength and energy and willpower to not go back in there and just smoke the entire blunt and and talk about aliens and uh, reincarnation. (laughs) See, for me, when I get high, it's more of a relaxation thing for me. You know, I'm I'm not necessarily the most able, like, Performance-wise, I'm not the most able after I've smoked weed. I, I think I'm too chill. You know, I'm a little too, I'm like considerate of everyone's feelings. <laughs> and I don't know if that works for a, for a comedy show where you're meant to be busting each other's balls. Uh, if you guys don't know what Safe Word is, it's two celebrity friends come on and they each have a comedian team. And their their Instagram and all their social media accounts are hijacked. So... 
like, I don't know if you saw last season, but Charlemagne the God and Amber Rose were on against each other, and you have to forfeit your cell phones. So they, the Amber and Charlemagne gave up their cell phones, and the producers are backstage posting whatever the comedians say on the show. And it gets very, very, like, if I were either one of them, I would not want to post what they had to have posted. <laughs> like, they're just talking shit about each other's exes and, like, going on other people's Instagram pages. They're posting Instagram photos on their account of other people and talking shit and tagging people. And they have to keep these posts up for a while. So it's it's insane. It's, it's like, yesterday, uh, Jason Derulo, he had to post some stuff, and it was... I felt bad, <laughs> but I also felt kind of good because, you know, it's something, it's kind of thing like just watching someone suffer just a little. It's kind of satisfying. <laughs> I'm not an asshole. I know someone out there is like, yeah, you know what? I kind of, I can't, I hate Cindy. And when I see her struggling a little bit, it makes me feel good about myself. <laughs> so don't deny it. Don't deny that you have a little bit of that inside of you as well, motherfuckers. Um, I was home. I went home after the Michigan run and before my college gig. I had a fun time at California University of Pennsylvania. I was calling it Steel College. I don't know why I was calling it that. I think it was Steel Hall was the space I was performing in. But California University of Pennsylvania, you know how fucking pissed I would be if I enrolled in that university and I just read it wrong? And I'm, I'm like, I'm going to California. And I show up, and it's just a bunch of Amish buggies. And I'm like, where the fuck did I land? I'm in Lancasterville. What the hell? <laughs> it was actually a really great show. The students were wonderful. Shout out to Leah Hash. Uh, what's your Leah Hash? What's your last name? One of my fans came out who didn't go to Hastings. Lee Hastings came out to see me. She she didn't go to the university. I think she got in, though. I'm pretty sure you did, girl. Thank you for showing up. I appreciate you. It was a great time. And then I, um, you know, I if you guys saw on my Instagram, I was home visiting my dad in his new facility in Syracuse. And it's really surreal. If, you, if, you, if you're tuning in for the first time, my father was recently diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Um, if you've been listening, he's you know, it, it's just surreal to like walk in to a place that is that your dad lives in, and other people are caring for him. It's 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 such a it's such a catch twenty two because in one aspect of it, I feel good and I feel just satisfied with the fact that he's being taken care of. You know, I feel calm and secure in that but the other side of me kind of goes man did I not do enough in my life to be prepared to be able to care for him now you know what I mean like maybe you just I just started to think about all the decisions I had made up to that this point in my life and like could I have done this different could I have done this different you know just so I could take care of him so that so that I could be the one or all of us, my sisters, we we could figure an alternative out. But the reality is, all that is just sort of bargaining. It's I, th- I would assume it's similar to people who like when they realize they're terminal or something. You just start bargaining and and trying to figure out a way to 
recalculate your steps in the past to yield a different outcome, and you can't. You can't. I mean, it's it's understandable to just go, man, I should have, would have, could have. How can I change this? Can I make it better? But it was just surreal <clears throat> for me, and I feel, I, you know, I did. I, I didn't feel like a failure, but I just felt like, man, maybe I could have done more. You know, like maybe I could have just, I don't know, but asked the Kardashians to adopt me or something. <laughs> I'd be like, be like the golem to the Kard- Kardashians just doing, yes, whatever you need, my precious. Just whatever the hell they needed. I just did their errands and that could, you know, allow me the capability to take care of my dad. But it was bizarre. He's got some friends there. He... He's very, he's a goofball. My dad's always been such a fucking goofball. Like, he was always friends with stand-up comedians. And, um, you know, my mother is very sarcastic and dry sense of humor. But my father, I think, because he was so close with stand-up comedians, that sort of rubbed off on me a little bit. And he always, I I honestly think my dad always kind of wished he was a comedian. He certainly thinks he's the funniest motherfucker, which is adorable and very charming. It's a very charming uh, trait that he has. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll go up to anybody and talk to anybody. That's the one thing I love about him. He loves to talk to strangers. It's his favorite thing. Not his favorite thing, but he's just, he's so natural at it. He'll talk to everybody, and he treats every person the same, like complete garbage. No, I'm just kidding. He's so kind and generous, and he loves to bring joy to people. And I, I just, it's so funny how certain traits, personality traits, are inherently genetic. Let's hope Alzheimer's <laughs> skips me. <laughs> you know, but the the upside to Alzheimer's is that while it is a horrifically um, challenging disease and frustrating disease for all involved, I mean, from from the daughter's perspective, it's so fucking frustrating to see somebody slip away slowly. You know, it's like a goddamn nightmare. It's a living nightmare. But on the other side, on the, on the on the, from their perspective, it's got to be a nightmare to be in their mind and just forgetting things. Like, my dad will literally go, ah, oh, there goes my train of thought. Like, he's at least lucid and with it enough to know he's losing his mind. <laughs> and he says it. He's like, oh, I'm losing my mind. And I remember when I was, you know, maybe 10 years ago, he'd say that. And it was just a, it was just a phrase, and now it's a diagnosis, and it's just, it's it's a mind fuck. It's a mind fuck. How how quickly everything can change. Like one day you wake up and you're 35, and your dad has Alzheimer's, and you're like, well, what the, where where did softball go, and where did, you know, chasing the ice cream truck grow go. It, all of it is such a fucking blink, you know? And that's why one of the reasons why I love how my dad treats everybody so well because all of it's a blink. We're all in this little existence for a blink. Why not treat people well? I know it sounds a little um, juvenile and maybe simplistic to say that, but isn't it easy to be nice? It seems a lot harder and more exhausting to be a fucking asshole or a bitch or a dick. You know what I'm saying? But the, the upside of Alzheimer's to me is that he's able to forget a lot of the past stress. You know, their memories that they retain 
are pretty specific up to a certain point, and then those start to slip. But what he's hanging on to now is interesting things, like things that kind of makes him happy. And there's some stuff in there that when he starts to get a little um, panicky that definitely comes up, but I think that's more symptomatic. I don't think it's like he's actually digging into the past and remembering terrible things. His memories, for the most part, are joyful, which is nice. You know, as he's recollecting things when we're talking to him, he's bringing up memories that bring him joy. And I've always had this theory about memories that, you know, everything your brain can only retain is specific to survival in the sense of an emotional survival. And in because we can't remember everything, I think your brain picks and chooses what to card catalog up there. And again, this is just a theory. I didn't fucking graduate college. I went to a year and a half, and I tell, you know, vagina and death jokes for a living. But I think that maybe your brain retains certain memories so that when the end of your life comes, your brain can dish these memories out. It can serve you these memories as a way to ease you into whatever that next situation is, whatever the next thing is. We don't know what it is. And okay, I sound joyful. I'm like, we don't know what happens after death. But I, I choose to have that outlook because the alternative is frightening. <laughs> and I watch way too many fucking horror movies to, you know, allow that mentality to take over. But I really do think that's my theory that your brain retains these memories, these specific memories, so that in the chance or possibility that you get Alzheimer's or that in that moment when your brain, you know, dumps all that DMT when you're dying, these memories come flooding at you as a, you know, sort of like a, a gentle passage into the, the cosmic ether. <laughs> Guys, I should let you know, I did not smoke marijuana before this episode. I'm just trying to speak from my heart. <laughs> God, I sound like such a stoner. Fuck it. I don't care. Um, but that that's, that's what I choose to believe. That's my theory. And so he's got all these great memories that he's recalling. And the, the one thing that I've said, you know, on Instagram, I've been doing these little alts tips videos. Uh, I, I shot a couple with him. And I'm not an expert, but I know my dad and I can see the changes and I think experience is just as valuable as, you know, a textbook description of whatever a symptom or outcome is going to be, you know, because a textbook could go, this happens and this happens and then you experience it and you're like, well, it happened this way and this didn't happen. So I just think, you know, sharing my knowledge and my personal experience with my father is more useful than anything I can do at this point anything else I can do. So, you know, the one thing that I've learned is if you have a parent or loved one that has Alzheimer's or dementia and they're speaking and they're starting to recollect something, don't cut them off. Don't let, let them finish their thought and don't interject at all because it's basically like when you put a rock in a river flow and it separates it just makes the water deviate into a different direction. You're totally, you're totally putting a bump in his path or her path. Let them finish their thought. And if they ask you for help, assist them. But don't try and like help them along the way while they're doing it. I noticed that with my dad a couple of times. And um, he's, he's a lot more funny now. He wants to be more funny now, which I think he's always been goofy. 
you know, he's always been the goofy dad and he's always been the one telling jokes and all that shit. But he, he's, it's more a part of his everyday existence now. And I don't know if that's a coping mechanism. I don't know if it's a survival tactic. I don't know if it's uh, a, a, a subconscious effort. I have no idea. All I know is he is trying to be goofy and it just is goofy. And <laughs> it's, it's like, that's the dad I grew up with. Um, I guess the other tidbit of advice I can give for anybody is that um, you you just you can't have any expectations and it changes day to day. You have to take it one day at a time, and and it can change within a day. You know, like mo- the morning can start out one way and the night can start out can end off differently. So, my mom just sent me a text message. Do you do you like your card? It, I mean, it's like. <laughs> sends me a card. Do you like it, hon? Do you enjoy it? Um, so, yeah, it's you got to take it one day at a time. And the one great thing that happened to my dad, um, well, I guess it, I, I realized it happened after my worst nightmare happened. I was talking to my dad a couple days ago on a walk. I was walking the dogs, and I try and, you know, call him as much as I can now even though his his conversation skills have adjusted. And I was talking to him for probably about four minutes, you know. I told him I was in L.A. and was walking Carlin and Bunny and Chaplin, my my wolf pack. And, you know, he he's always confused Chaplin with Carlin. I'm like, I got to say Chaplin's a little one and Carlin's a moose. My dad nicknamed my bigger dog the moose. And, uh... And so I'm talking to him, and he goes, now, who are you? And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, who who are you? And I said, well, who do you think I am? And he said, well, who are you in reference to me? <laughs> and I, I, you know, a fuck. My dad asked who I was. <laughs> that's crazy. It's uh, that's the reality of this disease. Is that their memory of you is there, but their ability to recollect who you are will go away, and it will go away forever. Everything goes away forever, <laughs> unfortunately. Um. And so I I could have just said it, but I think I was a little stubborn and sad and heartbroken. And I said, well, who do you think I am? And he's like, well, hmm, I don't know. And he, it, it literally was just like me asking him, you know, should we go, should we go see the four o'clock or the seven o'clock showing of a movie? Because he just sounded so matter of fact about it. He was like, well, I don't know who you are. And I said, well, do you know who Emily is? That's my sister. And he goes, yeah, I know who Emily is. And I said, who's Emily? And he's like, well, now I just can't think of who she is. And this is what happens. You know, they, the memory of us is there, but their brain can't make the connection. The, whatever process that happens in your brain that 
literally goes, Emily, and then draws the arrow down to the connection of who Emily is, goes away. And then I said, do you know who Nancy is? And this is the interesting thing. Um, my mom is his ex-wife. And I go, do you know who Nancy is? And he goes, yeah, that's my ex-wife. So and Nancy and him have been together longer than Emily and I have been alive. And maybe he's able to remember who she is because she's deeper in his memory path. And maybe the connection to Emily and I isn't there because we're more current. You know, I'm so young. I was born yesterday. So I go, well, Nancy is my mom and Emily's mom. And if she's your ex-wife, what does that make Emily and I? And at this point, I probably had confused him too much. And I probably asked too many questions, but he was very calm. He wasn't upset and he was treating it, you know, he, it was almost like a puzzle for him. You know, my dad loves puzzles and, and he couldn't even draw that conclusion. He says, well, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And I was like, that's okay. Well, I'm your daughter. And he goes, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're my daughter. And I said, yeah, I am your daughter. And I kind of laughed. I laughed. I had a laugh. You know, I mean, you got to laugh. The alternative is, is harder sometimes. And, and I just laughed. <laughs> and uh, and we just kept talking, you know, because I didn't want to end the conversation on that. And that was that. And that's just a little bit of a taste of what is to come. And you know, I don't know what's worse, like s- having him slip slowly away or me getting a taste of me experiencing how bad it's going to be just a little bit. Because it's like that whole thing of putting your toe in the lake versus jumping right in. And I'd have to say, as painful as it is, I'd rather have my toe dipped in the lake right now, then jump right in because I'm not ready to let him go. So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with the whole Alzheimer's disease situation. And I know maybe 30 years from now, we're going to wake up and maybe, you know, the insurance industry and the pharmaceutical industry will be shaken down by that point And we'll realize that lobbyists have their hands in everybody's pockets and insurance companies have got the pharmaceutical companies in their back pockets and all this shit is one big cyclical money grab. Maybe one day we're going to wake up and realize, oh, this is the cure and it's going to be a fucking Fiji apple and I'm going to go postal on every goddamn... (laughs) on anybody who had anything to do... Withholding back that information because they wanted to, you know, have their summer home on Montauk Island. You know what I'm saying, y'all? We don't know. We don't know what the cure is going to be. Hopefully we can cure everything, you know? I mean, it would be nice if, if we didn't have to suffer. But I guess for now, this is my reality. And, you know, maybe one day an apple will be the cure. Who knows? One can only hope a Fiji apple could make it all better. But the one great part of the day that I learned afterwards, after talking to my dad when he forgot who I was, as I'm looking at this card from my mother for Valentine's Day, which is a whole other weird thing that you have your mother get you something for Valentine's Day. (laughs) 
No, I'm just kidding. It's very sweet where she wrote for my daughter. She remembers that I'm her daughter. Is that my dad, his friend, Rob Ted, from the Change of Pace. My dad goes to this bar in Syracuse called the Change of Pace. It's his watering hole. It's been his watering hole for years. And Rob Ted is one of his friends from there. Rob Ted asked my sister and I if he could pick him up from his home and take him out for, you know, a little, just to go to the bar. And this would be the first time he's been to the bar since he quit drinking in August, which is the thing that kicked in the dementia, which subsequently led to Alzheimer's. Um, So I'm not saying that him stopping drinking caused the disease. What I'm saying is when he stopped drinking, his health plummeted and his dementia kicked in full gear. Um, So Rob Ted took him to the bar. You know, my dad was like, he hasn't been out like this. Like he's been to my sister's and he's been to the doctor's. That's it. He's just been with family. He hasn't gone anywhere fancy. We haven't even taken him out to fucking dinner because we were just trying to get him stabilized and get the care that he needs. Rob Ted picked him up took him to the bar. My dad hung out at change of pace for a couple of hours. He, you know, he had a beer, which the doctor said he totally could. He had a beer and he sent me photos and it's just my dad at the bar. It's so adorable. He's laughing his ass off. All of these guys put their fists in the circle like, you know, like a little bro camaraderie thing. And my dad is just laughing his ass off and he's drinking a beer. And that made me so happy, you know, and that's, that's the fucking, that's the essence of life. You know, you're going to have something painful probably every day. Maybe not as painful as your dad forgetting who you are, but hey, maybe if your dad did forget who you are, that's okay because he also was able to have some beers with friends that he's known for years and have a laugh. It's all balanced. It all balances out in the end, and and you have to honor the emotions that you feel. Even though my feelings factory is shut the fuck down for Valentine's Day. (laughs) And Rob Ted said, apparently your dad likes the Filipino women at the place he lives. So there's that. My dad's into Filipino women now, and I'll probably have a sister or brother in uh, in nine months. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine my dad... Getting one of the ladies preggers. Oh, man. He told me he looks forward to the washes. He's such an old perf. <laughs> I was like, Dad, do they wash you? He goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they wash you. I'm like, all right, all right. Let's, let's, um, let's, let's keep it locked down, buddy. Let's calm it down. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> so it was, um, it, was, it was an emotional day learning all of that. And all I can say is... Uh, I know who I am to him. I know I'm his daughter. And that's all I got to focus on is just being a good daughter because he's been an amazing dad for so long. So I hope you guys didn't cry too much. (laughs) I'm going to be, I told you, in Vancouver this weekend. So that's the comedy mix, the 13th or 15th, 16th, and 17th. Rochester, New York, March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd at the Comedy and Carlson. Mall of America, March 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. And the Moon Tower Festival 
April 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st, I'll be doing my Seven Deadly Sins show and a special 420 show from the festival. JessieMay.com for tickets and all things Jessie May. The Hilarious Podcast is finally underway. We are probably going to release on 420. That's going to be our first episode will be up on, on 420. And uh, Jesse comedy at gmail.com if you want a chance to win free tickets. And I'm going to play you guys a voicemail I got. I don't know what this lady's saying. It's a different language. It sounds Asian. And if you can decipher it, if you can tell me what it means, I'll send you some free Jesse May merch. And, uh, and you know, hopefully if, if it means anything incriminating, then, hey, you just incriminated yourself and you better join me in, in the trial for whatever the hell I got in trouble for from this Asian lady. <laughs> I just assume I'm going to trial. Oh, man, you guys are the best. Even though I can't see you, you can hear me. And I know you can feel me, y'all. Happy Sharp Tongue Podcast Day. That's right. I hope you have a great week. I'll see you next week. I'm going to try and do Weeds Day tomorrow, but I'm going to be taping all goddamn day, so I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do it. Maybe at nighttime I'll blaze out, but Weeds Day is every Wednesday on Facebook and IG Live. And as always, live your truth, motherfuckers. Life is too short to be living a lie. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs>